What a Day is brought to you by Ulta Beauty. This AAPI Heritage Month, Ulta Beauty is celebrating the joy of belonging, belonging to a community composed of intricate connections, belonging to our past and our future, to the heritage and birthright that is beauty. Ulta Beauty shines a light on the AAPI community, passing the mic to brand founders and creators to tell their stories centered on heritage, joy, and beauty. They carry AAPI-owned and founded brands like Live Tinted, Peach and Lily, Glamnetic, Tree Hut, and more. Shop AAPI-owned and founded brands at Ulta Beauty Stores and Ulta.com. It's Friday, September 9th. I'm Travel Anderson. And I'm Priyanka Arabindi, and this is What a Day, where on behalf of the whole country, we are inviting the British royal family to be our colonial overlords again for just one day. But only if they give Meghan Markle her title, yeah. her rightful place on the throne. We only want Meghan. Listen, no King Charles for us. Sorry. No, Not thank about you. that. No, sorry. On today's show, a government official has been charged in the stabbing death of a Las Vegas journalist. Plus, the Justice Department appealed the decision to appoint a special master to review documents taken from Mar-a-Lago. But first, yesterday at 6.30 in the evening local time, the BBC announced the end of an era for the United Kingdom. A few moments ago, Buckingham Palace announced the death of Her Majesty Queen Elizabeth II. The palace has just issued uh, this statement. It says the Queen died peacefully at Balmoral this afternoon. That was the BBC's Hugh Edwards announcing the passing of Queen Elizabeth II. It came down hours after she was placed under medical supervision and her family rushed to Balmoral Castle, the royal family's summer home in Scotland, to be by her side. She was 96 years old. Any death at any point is bad and like a moment of grief and reflection for so many people. But 96 years old... Baby, that's a long, long life. A long life and an incredibly long reign. Absolutely. She reigned for 70 years, making her Britain's longest reigning monarch. And while the British crown has a complicated legacy and complicated, obviously, is putting it a little light. She was one of the most recognizable people in the world. For the next few days, memorials will be held in her honor. Her son and heir, Charles, is now King Charles III. He is expected to speak publicly today for the first time since her passing. And yesterday, I spoke to Kristen Meinzer, co-host of Newsweek's Royal Report podcast. She's followed the royal family for years. I started by asking, what made Queen Elizabeth such an important figure on the world stage? Queen Elizabeth was, in my opinion, in a lot of people's opinions, more than the queen, more than a head of state. I don't know of another person on her level as far as when we think of icons. And she was very much a stabilizing force for her nation. And I know for a fact that even a lot of people who are anti-monarchists still had respect for her, even if they didn't really have respect for the monarchy, because she was there for so long. She had seen so much. She was not just our queen or our children's queen, but also our grandparents' queen, and in some cases, our great-great-grandparents' queen. And lest we forget, she was not even supposed to be queen in the first place. If not for her uncle Edward abdicating, she never would have even been in direct line to be the queen. And her father dying so young made her have to take to the throne at a very young age, too. So she pretty much, for her entire adult life, took on this role with great dedication. 
even though she wasn't supposed to when she was first born. And she did it in a way that none of the royal family since has been able to do it, for the most part, avoiding scandal, for the most part, coming off as apolitical, for the most part, not playing her cards, but peacefully meeting with heads of state all over the world, peacefully working with the prime ministers to transition from one to the other, 15 of them. Plus, she's met with 14 presidents of the U.S. And for a lot of people, she defines what Britishness is to the rest of the world. Absolutely. So what comes next as far as succession goes? Prince Charles will become king, but how, in your estimation, will this affect other members of the royal family? We can't overlook how big of a deal it is Charles becoming king because he is the longest heir apparent in all of UK history, possibly all of world history. He has been sitting in the wings for a long time to do this. And is not very popular. He's not stepping into this role with a lot of people celebrating, unfortunately. And he has hinted in the past that he wants more of a streamlined monarchy. He doesn't necessarily want there to be pomp and circumstance for everybody who's the first 25 people in line for the throne. So I'll be curious to see if he succeeds in streamlining things. But I'll also be curious to see if he's capable of modernizing and speaking about the things that really need to be spoken about, things that the queen really tiptoed around or just didn't address entirely and talks more openly about things like racism. Up until now, really, the most he's done is he has said that slavery was abhorrent, but that's like saying the sky is blue. Duh, that's obvious. Mm-hmm, is he mm-hmm. going to be more vocal about these things? I mean, and we also know that he's coming into this role at a point where the UK is having a period of economic uncertainty as many other countries right now, among other things. What are you hearing from people there about what that future outlook looks like under Charles? Mm. Under Charles, there are a few things that some people are very much looking forward to because he is an environmentalist. He is somebody who long before it was actually being talked about widely was talking about how can we make sure that all of our properties are more eco-friendly. But even though he does that to a certain extent, it's also hard to look at this person who lives in castles and wears crowns Mm -hmm. and travels all over the world to look at him and say, do you really care about the environment? And when he speaks about the needs of all the people, does he have any idea of what it's like for all the people? Because he was born in a palace. He also profits off of the people too. He is a landlord and there are tax dollars and so on that go to support the crown. And even in the ways that the royal family says, oh, we we accept very little from the public, we mostly rely on what we already have in the coffers How did they get what's in those coffers? The royal family was instrumental back in the day in the transatlantic slave trade. My last question for you, obviously, as you've already mentioned, the United Kingdom will be experiencing and moving through what this means. But I also know that Americans also recognize the queen, right, as this icon of culture. I'd just love to hear you speak a little bit about why you think Americans are so involved and concerned and in love with the Queen as well. Well, I think we've always had a very special relationship with Britain. Let's not forget, we were a part of Britain when this nation started, and we broke away from them. But I think we also have always had a fascination with them as this is where we came from. 
our language, a lot of our culture comes from that, whether it has to do with pop culture or policy, how we do things. There are a lot of similarities there. And also, we can't overlook the role that pop culture plays in shaping our ideas about fantasy, about love, about princesses, are inspired by the British royal family. And also, we have to mention that Americans have been directly and indirectly a part of that family off and on for years. I'm not just talking about Meghan Markle either. Princess Diana, her great-grandmother was an American. Also, we've just rubbed elbows with them. We've been friends with them. We walk the same red carpets as them. And there's a fine line in some cases between royalty and celebrity. Mm -hmm. Sometimes it's hard to tell the difference. And it's hard to separate the two. That was my conversation with Kristen Meinzer. She is the co-host of Newsweek's Royal Report. And for more on this, be sure to check out Pod Save the World's bonus episode on the Queen's passing. It dropped yesterday. That is the latest for now. Let's get to some headlines. Headlines. A man was charged with first-degree murder yesterday in connection to a series of shootings that left four people dead and three others injured in Memphis, Tennessee. According to police, the violence started early Wednesday morning and spanned across at least eight crime scenes throughout the day. And the shooter allegedly live-streamed at least one of his attacks on Facebook before he was arrested. Police identified the shooter on Thursday as a 19-year-old who was released from prison earlier this year after serving time for aggravated assault. Investigators did not identify a motive for the attacks. The suspect is set to appear in court today, where prosecutors are expected to file more felony charges against him. Nevada police arrested a county official on Wednesday in connection to the fatal stabbing of a Las Vegas reporter. Jeff Gehrman was an investigative journalist with the Las Vegas Review-Journal and was found dead outside of his home on Saturday. Authorities were investigating whether his death had anything to do with his work focused on Clark County Public Administrator Robert Tellis, who became a person of interest early on. Gehrman published several stories that were critical of Tellis and detailed alleged wrongdoing within his office. Police said Tellis matched the description of the suspect in a surveillance photo, and Tellis's DNA came back as a match from the sample recovered from the crime scene. Oh my God. The investigation is still ongoing. Gehrman's family released a statement yesterday saying, quote, we look forward to seeing justice done in this case. Absolutely. U.S. Secretary of State Antony Blinken made a surprise visit to Kyiv on Thursday to announce a new $2.8 billion military aid package for Ukraine. That brings the total amount of financial assistance the U.S. has given to Ukraine to $13.5 billion. It comes as Ukraine begins its counteroffensive efforts against Russian forces in the southern and eastern regions of the country. And Blinken said that the aid also extends to 18 other countries that are, quote, potentially at risk for future Russian aggression. Here is your update on Trump's push for a special master, a legal concept we liked learning about and are excited to forget forever in just a few weeks. <laughs> the Department of Justice pushed back yesterday against a federal court's decision that supported the special master appointment in the case pertaining to classified documents that the FBI seized from Mar-a-Lago. In a court filing, the DOJ said that the claims of executive and attorney-client privilege that are the basis for the special master request don't apply to the classified documents since they are government property and don't contain communications between Trump and his lawyers. 
This now goes to the 11th Circuit Court of Appeals in Atlanta, where the saga will undoubtedly continue. Absolutely. Some finance crime deja vu for Steve Bannon yesterday, who was indicted for the second time in two years for his role in a group called We Build the Wall. You'll remember that this group preyed on innocent patriotic racists, <laughs> raising $25 million from them to construct a border wall, then diverting over a million dollars to the group's founders. As we said yesterday, Trump pardoned Bannon on federal charges related to this scheme, but that didn't stop prosecutors in New York from hitting him with state charges of money laundering, scheming to defraud, and conspiracy. These charges carry a maximum sentence of 15 years in prison. Here's Bannon doing his perp walk and reacting in a calm and rational way to getting caught stealing money. This is what happens in the last days of a dying regime. They will never shut me up now and kill me first. Wow. <laughs> he took it there. He really did. He really went there. Also, um, I think some people like the people who donated to this, maybe deserve to be brought in. <laughs> a take that I don't know if you've heard before, but I think it's one that I might stand by now. I don't know. If you're trying to build a wall and you think that donating money to these people was how you were going to get it done, maybe you deserved to get your money stolen. Points are being made. And lastly, it is officially misguided 9-11 tribute season for brands. A country club near D.C. called Aquia Harbor has already had to apologize for their contribution, a special Patriot Day seafood Sunday menu at their clubhouse, which included dishes like first responder flatbread. That is just a mm -hmm. tame one. There was also the Remember Teeny, Pentagon Pie, and Flight 93 Redirect, which is hot crab dip. Yikes. Don't know how that <laughs> pertains at all, but... It's fine. I don't want to know. The restaurant's manager made a Facebook post on Tuesday saying, quote, I apologize for those I offended with the 9-11 Seafood Sunday post. The new safe for work theme appears to be football. Counterpoint. I don't think you need to theme a menu. I think you could just write crab dip <laughs> and people would be like, huh, I'm intrigued. Maybe I'll order it. Fine. If you want to order Freedom Flounder, though, you're going to have to use its updated name, which is Fumble Flounder. You know, I know that businesses are trying to do, you know, a lot of different things to, like, get people back in the door. It's a holiday weekend, right? So you want to, you know, attract people on this particularly, you know, potential, like, big day, right, money-wise. But I don't know if theming something related to 9-11 is the way to go. That feels yeah, misguided you know for sure. People say, like, no bad ideas in a brainstorm, but I we have at least five here. Like, <laughs> several, several bad ideas came from whatever time was spent brainstorming this bright idea. And those are the headlines. We'll be back after some ads with thoughts on the hottest celebrity in the corn sector. <laughs> what a day is brought to you by Books. This Mother's Day, give mom her flowers. She absolutely deserves the best. And that's why you should send her farm fresh flowers from Books. That's short for bouquets. Books has modern designs and unique flowers you can't find anywhere else. And with 20% off, you can send some to mom, your wife, your auntie, even your granny, okay? Anyone who deserves flowers in your life mm -hmm. it doesn't have to be holiday specific. You get flowers, you're getting flowers, everyone's getting flowers. <laughs> Go to books.com and use promo code WAD for 25% off.
That is B-O-U-Q-S dot com, promo code WAD, Books promo code WAD. What a Day is brought to you by Fast Growing Trees. Fast Growing Trees is the biggest online nursery in the U.S., with more than 10,000 different kinds of plants and over 2 million happy customers. They have everything you could possibly want, like fruit trees, palm trees, evergreens, houseplants, and so much more. Plus, Fast Growing Trees makes it easy to order online, and your plants are shipped directly to your door in one to two days. And along with their 30-day Alive and Thrive guarantee, they offer free plant consultation forever. We love Fast Growing Trees here. I keep telling you that the many plants that I've gotten from these folks are yet hanging on. Um, And that's not because I have a green thumb, okay? This spring, Fast Growing Trees, they have the best deals online, up to half off on select plants and other deals. And listeners to our show get an additional 15% off their first purchase when using the code WAD at checkout. That's an additional 15% off at FastGrowingTrees.com using the code WAD at checkout. FastGrowingTrees.com, code WAD. Offer is valid for a limited time. Terms and conditions may apply. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. Therapy is a safe space to get things off your chest and to work through whatever's weighing you down. If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online and designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist and switch therapists anytime for no additional charge. Therapy is great for, you know, you know that thing that just is like sitting on your shoulder, you can't get over it, and you just sometimes need somebody to talk through it with? Therapy can be helpful for that, you all, okay? You got to get it off your chest, you know? And you can do that with BetterHelp. So visit BetterHelp.com slash WAD today to get 10% off your first month. That's 10% off your first month at BetterHelp, H-E-L-P, dot com slash WAD. It's Friday Wad Squad, and for today's Temp Check, we're checking in on the world of influencer vegetable partnerships. The boy named Tariq, who became a sensation online for absolutely loving corn, was <laughs> named the official corn ambassador of South Dakota last weekend. In case you're not familiar with Tariq's work, here he is in the viral song by the Gregory Brother that helped skyrocket him to fame on TikTok. It's cold. I love that song so much. <laughs> so much. September 3rd was named official corn ambassador to Reek Day by South Dakota Governor Christy Noam, who we don't like her. We'll do our best <laughs> to mentally block her out of this narrative. But also over the weekend, Tariq visited South Dakota's Corn Palace. Apparently that's a thing. It's a corn-themed event space and concert venue, though we don't know whether officials at this palace crowned him the Corn King or not. He also is in a Chipotle commercial. Maybe you've seen that recently. So, Priyanka, what's been your reaction to Tariq's journey over the weekend and over the past few weeks? Listen, Tariq's rise to fame and fortune and stardom, hopefully fortune, hopefully this little boy is getting paid. (laughs) I love it. He is like a gem. We have to protect this kid at all costs. His rise to fame is already bringing him into contact with some suspect characters like Christy Nome. We should not be bringing this sweet child around this woman. But no, like this couldn't happen to a sweeter little kid. So I'm thrilled. I love the song. It is a masterpiece. Do I know what he'll be like 20 years from now as a result of this early childhood fame? 
don't know and I'm choosing not to ask that question but I don't know I love this for him what do you think back in the day I too was a young child who really really loved cone same it's so good absolutely now I didn't get any brand deals I didn't get named the corn Mm -hmm. ambassador of South Carolina they weren't I wasn't that cute though well I was a very cute child of (laughs) course Um, so I love that he has been able to like, you know, have this little bit of attention based off of loving corn. Cause why not? Right. A vegetable that goes in the way it comes out. We love that. It's so happy. It's so wholesome. It's like millennials who are like bopping around to this little song being like, we love the corn (laughs) kid. Like we have a shred of joy in our lives. (laughs) Really, I feel like is the happiest thing to happen to any of us. Absolutely. Such a great story. And just like that, we've checked our temps they're a little corny but you know nevertheless we persist One more thing before we go, recent Supreme Court decisions have made it clear that religion is being weaponized to push conservative agendas, and that shift is expected to impact Gen Zers. The host of Crooked's newest show, Dare We Say, recently tackled how the shift could erode the separation between church and state and what that means for the future. New episodes of Dare We Say drop every Thursday on Amazon Music or wherever you get your podcasts. That is all for today. If you like the show, make sure you subscribe, leave a review, forget what a special master is when it's time, and tell your friends to listen. And if you're into reading and not just national tragedy-free restaurant menus like me, What a Day is also a nightly newsletter. Check it out and subscribe at crooked.com slash subscribe. I'm Priyanka Arabindi. I'm Travel Anderson. And, and bow, bow down, down to, to your, your corn, corn king. king. Yes, he is the corn king of all of our hearts. I need him to have a popcorn endorsement, Orville Redenbacher, or whatever oh, they yeah. call it. I hope they're calling him up. Orville, Skinny Pop. Smart food. All of you. Yeah. He needs his pick of the popcorn. What a Day is a production of Crooked Media. It's recorded and mixed by Bill Lance. Jazzy Marine and Raven Yamamoto are our associate producers. Our head writer is John Milstein, and our executive producer is Lita Martinez. Our theme music is by Colin Gilliard and Kashaka. As a chef and a restaurant owner, I'm as meticulous about my cookware as I am about my ingredients. That's why I love Made In Cookware. Each pan they make isn't just designed to perform, it's crafted to last. As a mom, I love that I can trust Made In. It's made from the world's finest materials, so I can feel good about what I'm feeding my family. I'm Chef Brooke Williamson, and I use Made In Cookware. Shop chef-quality pots and pans at madeincookware.com.